Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. Final preseason pod before the season kicks off on Friday. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. How you feeling? I'm uh, buzzing, feeling good. Buzzing. Ready for ready for final preseason pod. Ready for kickoff on Friday. Um, What's on the docket for you from from now pod until Friday kickoff? The main thing that has been absolutely consuming and eating away at my soul is Helder Costa. All I can wow. think about. Actually, all I can think about is Helder, Helder Costa. Oh my god, I haven't yeah. thought about him once except for when Marsali said her girlfriend is has him and that means he's going to do well because that's how things go. I didn't even know that. That just makes me more him more cemented in my team. Yeah. Okay, so 5 million midfielder. We'll have to get to that in the, in the, yeah, yeah. In the bulk of the section. I'm just going to be Listening to as many pods as possible, reading as many articles as possible, and tinkering my absolute life away, I think, until Friday. Okay. Um, all right, so doing a little intro thing here before we fully dive in, I just want to do some like overall pod housekeeping bullshit that we, or specifically I, will literally never do again at the beginning of any episode for the rest of the season. But since it's the last pod before the season kicks off, here we go. Feel free to fast forward through this part, whatever. I wanted to say any new listeners, hi. We pod once a week, usually Monday nights like right now. Make sure to go back and listen to preseason parts one through three for kind of an overview on all the relevant FPL dudes to choose from, broken up by their respective price brackets. Good job by us. I also wanted to shout out our Patreon page, which is now all up to date. You know, took a few weeks of updating and shit, whatever. Patreon.com slash FMLFPL. Lowest tiers, just a shout out at the end of the pod, discount code on the store. Next year, you get all that shit. Plus, you get in our monthly prize league. The winner of each month gets an FML FPL mug, and you get into our survivor league, which is just back and fun and good. And lastly, the top tier, which is, you know, a cup of coffee a month. You get all that shit. Plus, you get into our Slack, chat room, fuck fest, banter, everyone going nuts all the time. It's just the best place to hang out on the internet if you're into. FPL or footy or gambling or any of that shit. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Happy to get all that shit out of the way. Here we go. Let's fucking go. All right, dude, where do you want to start? Let's just do, I mean, this is a question pod, I think. We have a thousand questions in from listeners, Slack, everyone. Everything topical is all the questions. So let's just dive in. Yeah, I'm just going to go basically chronological order. And starting with Slack questions because we basically ignored them on all the other preseason pods. So let's just get in there. So <laughs> I like this one to start because it's just, it's our lingo. It's how we think about things. Bocce coach wrote in, What is this season's most nailed thing of life? Oh, God. What's the most nailed thing of life? <laughs> I feel like a little bit dirty about saying this, but last season was. To me, very much season of like the vice captain. There were majority of the weeks my vice captain was just absolutely nailing it. My captain was dog shit. 
I I feel like Salah looks fantastic, but I could just see so many times just like blindly capping and vice captain coming in with 15 pointers. Mm, that's sad to hear. It's sad. I mean, it's not going to be like good. What was I supposed to come with something happy? <laughs> no, not at all. Like, Whatever's nailed like, is that's, nailed. That's my darkness. Is that that that's been nagging at me the last like week or two? I'm yeah, like, your is darkness happening? is so much more subtle than mine. Like your darkness <laughs> just like lives within you, and you can never get rid of it. And my, you know, because my, yeah. my when I think of the most nailed thing in life, I'm just like the first thing that absolutely pops into my mind is just Man City are by far the best team in the league. Just like four nil every game, yeah, just, just no competition. I think like it's one of those things where we're we're kind of not used to it in the prem because usually there's turnover and usually the team who wins finishes like sixth the next year and there's you know it's all even and close and whatever. Like City destroyed everyone last season. It was not remotely competitive or close. They only strengthened. They kept everyone around. Everyone's fit. I feel like it's a little bit understated just how much better they are than literally everyone. Yeah, I would also put Liverpool in the same conversation. One thing interesting, actually, Anfield Rap was listening to last week or two weeks ago or something, and they kind of mentioned, like, towards the end of the season, every single away game that they played, the opposition was just trying to play for a point. You're talking about City, right? I'm just talking about, I'm just using Anfield Rap as, like, because it's kind of the same thing. Like, teams that play... When City visits, it's like if they get a 1-1, they're over the moon ecstatic. Yeah, over the moon. So, I mean, that doesn't lead to games of football being played. It just leads to ass-fuckings happening. So, I mean, starting with 3-pool, three 3-city, three we've been talking about it a lot. But, I mean, that's a good place to be. Like, getting getting six players on your team from the by far two best teams in the league seems pretty great. Yeah, that's that. those are our most nailed things in life. Good, good question. I like that kind of question. My thing is definitely off. not most nailed, though. It's just like a fear. Yours is See, like the most, yours is the most <laughs> nailed fear of your nightmare. I fucking take a perfectly genuine question and I turn it into just some dark shit. Like, what's the worst possible thing that can happen? Like, why the fuck is my. Well, I don't know why I'm like that. I don't know. That's great. I love just it. Help, okay, so help, next, help Craig me. on Slack. Is it feasible to go the whole season without Kane? Erickson, three mil cheaper, finished with only 18 points less last season. We haven't talked about Kane in a really long time. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like we haven't talked about the game week one missers at all in preseason for good reason. But looking forward, I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like he will make his way into most of our teams at some point, especially once our team value starts going up. The other thing must be said, I mean, we're assuming Salah fit for 38 game weeks. You know, he picks something up and then his ownership is just transferred to Kane. Right. Um, I, you know, Kane was very bad last year for the majority of the season. By all eye tests, anyone who's watched Spurs knows that he was not as that is peak. Yeah, basically since like March through the World Cup, he was just not the same Kane. Yeah, I, I, I feel it was even earlier around winter time was maybe. when I started. Yeah, yeah but I feel like he was good in the in the autumn, and then he fell away. He was bad in the summer, good in, good in the fall, then he was bad from the anyway. It doesn't matter, but. It's something we, you know, people make fun of us. We bash on Spurs all the time. Like we're both Arsenal fans, but it <laughs> depends more to me how Spurs look. If Pochettino is able to get more out of the squad, if they're doing the same things as they were last year, then twelve five is a big ask. But at the same time, I mean, you know, Kane's always in the Golden Boot conversation. 
Twelve five is a lot, though. So I feel like there will be a time, though. What do you think? Do you think he's yeah, like a complete write off? There'll probably be a time. It's hard to imagine a world where the guy who scores almost thirty goals every single season is not in it, our teams ever. I don't see that happening. I, he'll probably approach thirty goals again. There's aside from kind of looking bad, he still kept scoring regularly. You know, that's just kind of what he does. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of top guys, and I feel like there weren't really the past two seasons where it's just like between like Salah, Kuhn, and Alba, even just right now, I'm just like mm, not interested in Kane really. I don't think like Spurs are up to that level yet. Maybe they will be, but yeah, I think I feel basically similar to you. Like for now, not really a thought, but there's probably going to be a time. Yeah, I mean, you can see there's like maybe a five or six like upcoming game week fixture run for Spurs, and you know you can make that double switch from your you know eight five mid to a sexy five five guy and do like a double or a triple move on a save right. and Kane's you know that kind of shit. But yeah, Coon gets hurt. Like there's so many. A lot of a lot of scenarios. Yeah, so many scenarios where Kane's in, but yeah. But as you know, Erickson, actual one of three players who has not have not left my team since I made my first team. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm glad that you stuck to something. I think I mean I'm not a man that stands by his principles, but I'm standing by this specific principle. I would like to enjoy a full season of Christian Erickson when fit and not be a stupid little bitch and transfer him out. Yeah, I mean one of the things with Erickson that I've been looking at and I'll probably make a spreadsheet about it in share. You're on a fucking spreadsheet day. It's like happy it's just, spreadsheet day? It's like, is, it, is Excel sponsoring the pod today? Yeah, our, shout out to our sponsor uh, googledocs.doc.sheet.com <laughs> but it's just like I have too many thoughts at once is really why it ends up happening. I'm just like I have like 45 tabs open. I'm like, oh, Erickson, Mane, like Sane, okay. And then I'm just like, wait, wait, I need to like slow down and like put down my thoughts into like an organized thing. But yeah, there's an easy cure for that. It's a little pill. It rhymes with batterall. <laughs> and it will sort you out. But I don't want to cure it. It's not even a problem. It's great. It's what makes me me. It's beautiful. But um, yeah, I mean, one of the things with Erickson that I think is really interesting when you compare it to someone like Mane at the same price is like Mane outscores him minutes to point ratio like Consistently, like Mane's points to minutes are elite, like top, top, top guy. But the, one of the things that's understated about Erickson is he never misses time. He plays 3,000 plus minutes for four seasons straight. And like that's part of the reason why he's such a good set and forget and why he's always top five in the midfielders, aside from like good production. His production per minute is not up to like Mane or Sane levels. But he plays fucking 3,200 minutes. He never fucking misses games. He gets all the clean sheet points, all the minute points. It's crazy. And that's just a little bit understated about him, I think. Yeah, I've seen Mane and every, I haven't seen very many teams with Ericsson in them. I mean, the 9 5 slots very much bit, or 9, it's been like Mare, Sane, or Mane. And, you know, it makes sense because Spurs are all fucked up, like everyone's missing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But as you mentioned, you know, 3,000 minutes a season, he gets 20 plus baps a season. He has 20 floor of like a 20 combo return, sort of like upside for more. It's just, 
Yeah, it's the self fucking shit we've been talking about for years. He, he just he does it. He's not, it's not sexy, but he just does yeah, it. Yeah, it's just one of those things where in your head you're like, well, Mane's more explosive and better and blah, blah, blah. better attack. They're going to score four a game. Like, and it's, okay, it's actually true if you look at it like per minute, per game, etc. But the fact that Mane plays whatever two thousand minutes a season. Erickson plays 3,200 minutes a season as, as part of the points. You get points yeah, for that shit. The one caveat to looking at it in that term is, I mean, you know, you, we get a transfer every week. So yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you feel like you have the explosivity of Mane and he's going to be a better returner when they're both fit, then go for it. But I still don't think that. I mean, I, I, I just I don't think that at all. I think I, Erickson will easily have more points than him this season. Whether or not it's because he has more minutes played is here and there, but... Interesting. I totally disagree, but I think having a player that you can basically say without being ridiculous, I will never spend a transfer on this player this season. Like for four straight seasons, you could have had Erickson and never ever transferred him out. That and you have a top five midfielder, top five in the midfielder at the period. end of the season. Like That's that is ridiculous value because Mane will be transferred out at some point. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. But the difference, all the bonus points can't be understated because he's going to be getting like four goals worth more of bonus points than Mane basically throughout yes. the season. Yes. So, you know, Mane's upside, you, you could put, you could talk me into Mane this season if he's fit and plays 3,000 minutes, that he'll score 22 goals and have 10 assists. I could believe that. Like, you I, no, without question. But he's still going to probably get like, 12 bonus points. Yeah, he's so, so bad. I, so but that's like, why I, I do it points per minute, not like yeah, yeah, goals yeah. per minute. I, yeah, no, it's just it's a thing. It's just a thing too, worth mentioning yeah. with Erickson. But yeah. Um Cam Yeah on Slack. Oh, Who's new the, lad. Yeah, new lad. He'll he'll get his ass slapped later on in this uh, episode, a little sneak preview. Um who's the pick from the city midfield? How do we navigate the potential rotation? Thoughts on Dilva? Yeah, Dil- Dilva, we have to hear more from Pep, but Dilva not even being in the squad was just take him the fuck out, rip him away. Mara yeah. is easily best option to me right now. Really? Um, so go I on s- about that. What do, what do you, why do you think he's most nailed and why do you, th- what, tell me about him. I don't think he's nailed. I do think he's going to get a, a small, you know, a small runway of games while Sterling and De Bruyne and everyone else is getting back up to speed, but. He didn't play fantastically in the community shield at all. I saw a lot of people really bash on him, and I didn't really think he played poorly. He's just like decision making in the box in the final third was just not all there. But he's so good. I mean, we've seen him, he's done it for years, and he just looks like he's going to fit in really well. He's just playing with the, on a team and with players at another level that he's never played with before. Kind of similar to like Shakiri, not for an FPL asset, but just I feel like. In yeah. life, like you know, he's so good, and he's been playing with fucking shitty ass players for his entire career. Yeah. So I I like that for one. It, that doesn't really make any sense. It's just like a stupid quirk, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> um, I mean, they're just. It's really more for lack of other options. Like Sane was diabolically bad. He was disgusting, and he got subbed at half. And he faded a lot to me late last season. I feel like he kind of like lost the plot a little bit. And Pep's coming out and saying he needs his match fitness and shit when he was off all summer is very concerning. It should not be coming out of the... It shouldn't be coming out. He should be ready to go. He should be rested to fuck and ready yeah, to go. Yeah, ridiculous but, thing. Yeah. And then, you know, Dilva out, Sterling out, Bruyne out. 
I think Nova. Bilva is really yeah. interesting. That's the name that I have on the tip of my dick, and I'm just he's been tinkering into my team, and I'm just I don't know. Pep had the quotes about him. He said, "Right now, it's Bernardo and ten more." It's it's about what you do over the season, but in this moment, Bernardo is far above the other guys. I was just like, he was so good, by far the best player on the pitch versus Chelsea. No, no one remotely close, and he was kind of originally bought for the reason of like taking over David's spot. And one thing that's underrated about him is like he didn't start many games last season. He subbed on basically every single game though. He still ended up playing 1500 minutes. If he, you know, he got six goals, five assists, like pretty good return for very few minutes and very few starts. And if he can like work himself into like the first choice next to Kev in that kind of David free eight role, I feel like he, I don't know, he could be a guy at seven five. He should at least start the season up there. And whether he holds on to it or not will probably a lot depend on how he plays. But, man, he impressed me so much that it might be worth risk. I'm not sure. So my take with Bilva is this. Mares, I believe, has double return at least potential every single time he starts a game. Yes, that's Bilva fast. Does, Bilva does not shoot. He's like maybe one shot a game. He keeps things moving but he doesn't have like an FPL friendly game to me from what I've seen so far. Secondly, he's 7-5. It's not that cheap. I mean, he's not like 6-5, which is a lot less, obviously. But he's not that cheap, but I'm if we're com- comparing but, to Mara's, one and a half cheaper is really cheap. But I'm more looking at him comparing him to Mendy, who's a million and a half cheaper, because Interesting. I want three city players, and I feel more convinced that I'll get a clean sheet with the loose benefit of an off-handed return from someone like Mendy, then I will from getting more than one return from Bilva, let alone a goal. I mean, an assist and a clean from Bilva is equal to a clean from Mendy. Obviously, we know that. And you know, Bilva will probably be okay on BAPS, but he's also a short-term punt. So I agree with you that he may emerge over time this season yeah. as getting maybe more games than we would have thought initially, like Dilva nailed plays every league game. You know, maybe he'll play the seventy thirty split or something. But I don't think once they're full full strength, that Bilva will get in there as a FPL option where the security of start is there. I don't think that will happen this season. Maybe next right. season. Right. So, maybe next season. Yeah. You know, if you if you really think that you could hit, get lightning out of a bottle for the first couple two three game weeks because Pep's big on Bilva, you look great in the Community Shield. No argument there. And maybe you'll get lucky with a couple assists or whatever. They're going to score four plus, and you want to. You want it's. It's more of a coverage pick to me. It's like I don't think that he is individually a very good FPL pick for just the game. The kind of is how he plays. So. Yeah, I think the only thing I would say in response to that is the only time we've really ever seen him play this position was kind of in the Community Shield. Like that's true. I agree with you for the most part, but he was weird, like winger doesn't know what to do with the ball time wasting merchant every time he subbed on last season and like play in the middle. I don't know if he shot, he, he maybe had a one or two shots. He was creating a lock out an assist. I'm not sure about him by any stretch. I do think it's kind of a punt, but I, I think the ceilings there, just like you mentioned, I mean like Dilva, I don't think of someone as like he shoots a lot and is like a, 
you know, dangerous goal scorer. He kind of does though. Like he gets in, but he gets in the box, and when he shoots, it's there's good chances. To me, that's the nature of the position and the tactics. And yeah. if and if Bernardo is to replace David, then he's playing the same position and will want him to He'll do a lot there. of the similar things. Yeah, and so if he's making those runs and he's in the box and creating a lot and blah, 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 like David did when he was so good last season for Raphael, then I think it's possibly there, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's a very tough one with City attack because it feels like Kuhn is the only definite nailed attacker. Yeah. Yeah, no, good good chat, good chat. Belva, yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing where I've not even remotely considered him, but when I see him in teens, I'm like, that's fine. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Yeah, but like on Slack, you know, all of a sudden he had the blinder and the community shield, and now he's in, you know, a third of the teams that are getting posted on the Rate My Team channel. I'm like, yeah, that's defensible. I'm not going to be like, Bill, the socks, you know? Yeah, of course. But yeah. I, I just, I, I don't, it, this also, it just, I am so risk averse of like the short term punts. It's just so much fucking insane shit happens in the first few game weeks. Like last season, I remember taking a minus four game week three to get Paul in like an absolute psychopath. Yeah, or and it basically, or yeah. yeah, I mean, it kind of tanked my season. I was like, <laughs> the spiral out of control of losing gross and getting Paul. It's, it's like, those oh are the kinds of things God. that happen early doors. It's like, it's tough. So I, limiting the short term punts, I always am, have a tendency towards. So yes, that's, that's a very strong point, I think. All right. What, what's up next? Uh, Dave on Slack said Madison versus Richarlison and Pocono drew added onto that Jota. He wants some, some general chat around the five Oh to six, five midfielders. Think a lot of us are struggling to decide upon that slot. So <laughs> this is, this is tough. You, you, I want to hear this. Is like, you, this is like soup slot. Like, yeah, this, no, this, is, this is like, I want five, six, five midfielders on my team. Yeah, I, I wish I could have that. But what, if you're playing you, risk averse, like we recommend, you really probably shouldn't have more than one. I mean, I have zero on my team right now. I have zero on my team too. Yeah. And it feels bad. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I'm like, why do I have Bernardo when I really want Jota? But, um, Ah, man, where does where do you even start here? I mean, I'll start with Madison because right, I was wait, 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 wait. before okay. we do. Why don't okay. let's just do a, a very quick before we talk about stats and get into it. What, what's your power ranking of the six fives? Like, if you had to go one to four, where oh where who would you God, put? This is so hard. Okay, let me look at it. So um, I'll, I, I have I, I would go number one Jota, number two I, Richarlison, number three Madison, number four anybody else? I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm the same, actually. Number one, Jota. Number two, Richarlison. I think for actually number for number three, I think you could convince me on Fab, <sighs> and maybe number four, Madison. Fucking Fab, dude. All right, so tell me, tell me what you see of these players. Well, so I was going to start with Madison because I was so high on him on earlier preseason bot, and I've cooled a lot, and I wanted to just go in on why. Um, I still love him, but <laughs> on on just thinking back to like past FPL loves and mistakes and all of that shit, one of my many problems that I often uh, like pitfalls that I fall into are I fall in love with an individual player over like a situation and team where they could maybe thrive, you know? And I think Madison is definitely like that type of player. Like sometimes it's okay. Like 
um, someone like Chaz Austin, like he can be surrounded with me as his other 10 players and he'll still get shots off and score goals. Like he can be just surrounded with absolute shit and it doesn't really affect his like play style and like how many goals he's going to score. But someone like Madison, I mean, he's 21 first year in the prem and you just have to be a little wary with teams like Leicester who lose their mega superstar who what everything goes through Mares every counterattack every touch in the final third every free kick every fucking dribble every drawn pen is all Mares and I just thought back to like okay when Liverpool lost Suarez and when Spurs lost Bale and when Everton lost Rom it's like okay, I need to pump the brakes a little bit on Madison. Like, I still like him a lot, and I think there's a lot of potential there for him and his role and all that shit. But I'm just like, I need to pump the brakes and go with something a little more surefire, I think, if I'm going in the 6-5 range. What do you think of that? I understand where you're coming from, but I kind of have like a different take on Madison because I think it's an interesting comparison between him and Jota because they're very different players. Jota's more of the... Goal scorer and the tip of the spear. Madison's more of the creator and whatnot. But, you know, I mean, Jota scored 17 goals last season. That's a lot of goals. And Madison scored 14 goals before Penn. So he scored 10 open play goals. Um, Jota had more shots. It was like five more shots, 121 15. Key passes. I'm seeing Jota had 53 last season on five assists. Madison had eight assists last season, but had 123 key passes. Way more than like De Bruyne, to put it yeah, in perspective for people who don't a, know what we're talking about. He was a function for playing for Norwich, and you know we've seen enough Norwich over the years to know that it's fucking Norwich. But I like so much more having a the creator rather than the goal scorer. Because I feel like there's more opportunity throughout the game to just get an assist or whatever. You know, if you're on the bad team and you're the goal scorer, then you have, you know, a couple opportunities per game to score. But as a creator, you know, he's on, gonna be on indirect set pieces. He obviously won't be on pens over, on, over Vardy, but he'll be on indirect set pieces. I feel like he's gonna just tick along. Like he could emerge to be like a, an Ericsson light or some I think he sort, could yeah. some sort like that where, but as you mentioned, the one thing is important to note is that he's so young. And when players go up the division and they're really young, you never know what you're going to get. So the fixtures are certainly like mixed bag. They've got United, Wolves, Southampton, Liverpool, first four for Leicester. And, you know, Puel didn't cover himself in glory last season. He changed the team every game week and it was just a mess. Madison in my head is just like a romantic and fantastical pick. Yeah, but, that's why. That's why you know, I went I, off yeah. on him on a past pod. Yeah, but on, on in theory, he's someone that should be on a very very short watch list because yes. if he looks good for two games, yes, straight in, he should come straight in because he's straight the kind in. of player like Gross last year, and yes. he's not priced he's at be five great on or bonus. whatever. He double digit assists and a few goals, like easy. Yeah, he's not five like Gross was or whatever he was last season, but he's that type of player who could just really tick along and get baps and, and be a mainstay. And, and at six five would be really nice. So that's one to look out for. Jota, though, I mean, agree. I, yeah. No, what's up? No, I just said completely agree. Yeah, but Jota, I mean, I just went off against like the goal scorer on the promoted team, but he's of a quality that is a clear level above than what I have seen and from what I could tell from players like this that have come up into the league in recent years. 
he he's a monster. He's just so fucking good. He's got everything. He's got everything in his locker. And the Wolves team that's coming up is not like a normally it's like, oh, Huddersfield with Tom Ince or like Cardiff. They have like nobody, you know. Yeah, yeah. Wolves Wolves are already, we mentioned like Bookie's odds to finish tenth or something. Like they're they look really good. They've been making really good signings and they're gonna be playing on the counter and they should score should score a couple goals. They have the fullbacks bomb forward, and, and he's the main man. I mean, drew a pen last last uh, preseason game, and, and assisted, go- yeah, and and, and assisted. I mean, seventeen goals. He's 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 just a really classy player. So I, I like the upside there. He's the yeah. kind of player that could just fly out of the gates with you know four goals in the first five games. I mean, they got Everton, Leicester, West Ham, Burnley for the first five. Could see some goals there to me. Yeah, I love, I absolutely love Jota. He's a great yeah. player. Um, Richarlison, there was that great stats bomb article that I think I sent to you, but I definitely sent it to Scott Desert Bug. I mean, just kind of going through his stats on why he is such a good prospect and not really talking about like why his he couldn't finish a fucking goddamn thing last season, but more talking about how like. The levels of production of underlying stats that he put up were so elite for someone of his age, new to the country, let alone the league. That I don't know, just got me a little more excited for him. I mean, I was a, I was a Richarlison owner for his entire good stretch last season. I was like early on him and held him for the entire fucking thing, and it was the best thing ever. He returned absolutely every single week. Like I captained him at least once. And he returned, and it was fantastic. I mean, just Everton in general, I feel like their defense is full stay-away nightmare, and their attack just keeps looking pretty good and scoring goals. And I think that we're talking about Jota and Madison. I think Everton's attack are way better than either of those two teams, at least on paper. And I like Silva. I think Richardson is just in a great position to be like, you know, an Inside winger slash second striker on that team and just and just put chances away. That's the last thing he said is my concern. Put chances away. He, he showed yeah. the anything yeah. but the ability to put chances away last yes. season. So if he doesn't take a step forward there, he could have stats off the page and in my dick hole, and it doesn't matter. Yes, I, yes, I'm yes. concerned about that. That's why Jota actually puts chances away, even yes. though the attack is maybe half as good. I would rather punt on that, and I believe his individual quality is better than Richarlison than than going Richarlison over Jota because the attack's better. I, I right, need to. Right, I would right. like to see it first. I mean, if I, I just if wish I, saw, I could, that's the difference between coming from like the Championship and the Brazilian League, right? It's like if there was a season before last season where we could look up Richarlison's championship stats and he scored 17 goals, and I wouldn't even be worried about it at all. But I really don't know what the fuck he did in Brazil at all. Yeah, it's, I think he's a very like safe pick because he should tick along, again, because he is good, obviously, and he, you know, he gets in those positions and he has so many chances and such. But that's my only really concern with him. I, I do feel like he's a very good pick at 6'5", though. I, like a yeah. team with two 6'5s, it just... I've, every time I've seen a team with two six fives, I'm like, that's great. I love that. I'm just jealous. Yeah, and I don't you know why. I don't so have so much that, fun, and I don't have any of those yeah, guys. I don't have it because I have a fucking bug-eyed mantis god. So fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good chat. I mean, Fab. We don't really need to say much about Fab. If he's nailed, I expect good player to be good. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's the if he's nailed part. It's if just, he's nailed, I would rather like wait till Conte comes back and then see which other cam yeah. he plays. Because if Conte came back game week two or three and fucking Barkley plays and Fab's Ugh. on the bench, I would rip my eyes out. I don't know yeah. what I would do. Yeah, Ugh. I would I would break things. That would be bad. Yeah. Um, as Sheer on Slack, considering none of the city attacking assets other than Kuhn seem nailed, would going double city defense, i.e. Ederson and Mendy, be bad? And then he also said a second question. King seems to be in everyone's team. I have Austin, oh, but is God. King really worth the extra point five? So let's do both. Um, I have Ederson, Mendy, Aguero as my three city players. I've been on double city defense for a while. I've also been on double Liverpool defense for a while. It's just it's the value play. I mean, the the midfielders and attackers are seven five plus on both those teams. I think they're both going to keep at least fifteen clean sheets a season, and I, I just see pure value in the defenders. Um, I think that's great. I think it's a genius idea. It's what I'm doing, and I'm clearly it's a genius. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you obviously want to if you can get there, triple on on City and probably triple on Liverpool too, and. Like we just said about all their midfielders, there's basically like none of them are nailed aside from a one or two week window. We don't really know what the strongest eleven will be, or if they'll be a stable strongest eleven between the wingers and the and the central midfielders. So, if you're gonna triple up, the safest way to do it certainly is is double defense and yeah. Kuhn, and I think it's yeah. totally great. I mean, Kevin, he's missing game obviously. Eventually, we, we, yeah. yeah, eventually figuring out a way to pivot to Kevin would be nice, but. Spending spending money on over ten million attackers when you're permanently captaining Salah it has it's diminishing hard to do. it has diminishing returns. I mean, it just does. It's it's hard to do, and it's hard to really find value for the uh, for, for or across the eleven. So we'll have to see. I mean, we'll we'll get price rises and shit, and we'll see who emerges as budget options as the season progresses, yeah. like game weeks one to five, but. You know, having 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 Kevin would be nice, but we'll we'll get there. Yeah, and then what about King? What do you think about King? Because I've, I've, oh god, I mean, uh, okay, I, I would one million percent put King in my team before Austin. That's not close to me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, not close. I, I just I don't think, understand that at all. I think Southampton are awful. I think they're absolutely awful, and we've seen with Hughes Stoke teams for a couple of years. I mean, they barely score two goals a game on a good right. day, but. Let me just ask, do you think Bournemouth are not awful? That's my question. I think they're worse, but I think their attack is all they do. Literally all they do is attack. So King, we know, gets his chances. I mean, we've had two years running where his stats are always, his underlying stats are always fantastic. And it's been like last season was a little bit of a fitness concern with him and then also not finishing as great as he did two seasons ago. Two seasons ago was breakout year, of course, but... I mean, he's playing a lot in preseason. Looks sharp. If I'm if I'm if I'm picking between those two players, I would rather have King. I think King's an awful pick. I fucking hate Bournemouth. I think they're terrible, and I hope they get relegated this season. But <laughs> you know, it, it's a King. He just gets the stats, and I don't really think he's that good. He shows. I, he's a tough player for me to pick because he has moments of brilliance where some of his goals are like, "Wow, that was a great take." But then you also watch him for ninety sometimes, and you're like, "How are you even on the fucking team sheet? You're terrible." He's like very like it's like a schizophrenic player or something. I don't know. He's very one of those like in between guys who kind of doesn't have a position. I feel like yeah. is, is part of what makes it hard. It's like yeah. 
doesn't know what to do or where to be sometimes. It's an interesting yeah. player for sure. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I mean, between them, I would much rather have Austin. I'm just complete opposite to you. I mean, I think 0.5 savings is pretty significant when you're looking at this as probably like your, you know, last attacker on your team is probably this slot. If you're yeah, going but, to the slot at this level, I'd rather save 0.5. And I think, but you're but but if you go six five, you're at least still in the Mitrovic and the Wood bracket, so you could switch. If you're in six, you're fucked. You have to double switch. Yeah, you have to double switch. That yeah. that's a factor I haven't really yeah. considered. That's true, but yeah, I mean, when you look at if we're talking about stats, it's like that's that's Austin's game. His stats, you know, it's just like his per minute stats, his underlying stats, his advanced stats are elite, like top ten forward in the league levels of minutes to return, minutes to goal, shots, xG, all that shit. Chaz is untouchable, and while he's fit which is right now, he will definitely not be fit for the entire season. But while he's fit for now, on teams that I think are like roughly equal, I think Southampton are probably a little better. I would just rather have the guy who's you know been consistently, even though he's been injured, he's been consistently doing this for three or four seasons. Whereas King just had like one breakout and, and fizzled away last season, you know? <sighs> That's Chaz. how I feel. I mean, do you have Chazen right now? Of course, I have Chazen right oh now. Oh my god! Fucking kidding me. I'm I'm just a couple clicks away from Kamara to Chaz. You're not. I mean, I I don't know what I just said right there. I, I wish you could just delete what I said. I mean, Chaz <laughs> is Chaz is the absolute coke in the knee. Yeah. God. I mean, his first five fixtures are home Burnley, at Everton, home Leicester, at Palace, home Brighton. If he can stay fifth for five games. Big ass, big ask. Big ask. So this is the other thing, though. I am so convinced that we will see a Shane Long and Laddie Adini just surprised. These are who's these are our starters. Uh, and the same thing is like Hughes was was Chaz or was Chaz not nailed towards the end of last season? Because I will, I remember him just not being nailed at all. So Didn't what he, happened was he was rumored to be fit. And then he didn't start for like three games in a row. He only played like 10 to 20 minutes. But then once he was like actually fit, he would play 90 or like started and played the lion's share for the last four games of the season. Like 64 minutes, 90 minutes, 76 minutes, 72 minutes to end the season. Hmm. I mean... There was just that three-game window when they had their like double game week and he was hurt and he subbed wanna- on and played under 20 minutes every game. I don't want to keep talking about. It. If we keep talking about Chaz, I'm he's in it being my fucking team, and I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to go there. Fucking how the fucking actual fuck did he score twenty six returns on QPR? That's what I'm saying. That's why I talked about him in my like Madison rant because it just oh my God. does not matter who is on his team, <laughs> and there's so few players that you can say that about. It's ridiculous what he does. Chaz, yeah. Love Chaz. Redmond. Um, He's going to start Redmond and Long game week one. Easy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I actually haven't followed like that closely, but like one of the things that got me all dente about Chaz is like, you know, Guy in Slack, huge Southampton fan, probably a season ticket holder. He's always at the games. I, I, 
I've been messaging him all preseason. Like, you don't have Chaz? Like, what are you doing without Chaz? He's been like, no, no, like, I don't believe. Like, I've been burned too many times. And then, like, two days ago, I was like, I can't believe you don't have Chaz. And he was just like, don't be so sure. Fucking guy. Absolutely yeah. love guy. It's so and good. Chaz we gotta, started last friendly, scored a goal. It's just what he does. And we got a fucking new guy in Slack who's a Wolves guy. Rudy yeah, or something. Ross shit? Watson, dude. Ross. It's so good to have a little insider. Dude, oh, Ross so Watson good. is the guy I talked about who tweeted in. He DM'd in. He's like the in, Wolves insider fan of the pod, friend of the pod. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good guy. Love him. Where um, are we going? Kill a tofu on Slack. Are you leaving any money in the bank? In preparation for potential Ugh. price rises in week one I or two. Do I mean, this. You, you, it's your turn this year to talk, to answer this. I mean, okay, so it, I don't even know what you're talking about in terms of potential price rises week one or week two. I don't understand that part of the question. But as we're leaving money in the bank, I actually think it's fine. And I think flexibility is good. And I guess that's why I think it's fine. I just can't do it <laughs> i just always find another guy that i want who's better in my head and more expensive and so i, I never will end up doing it i mean on my current tinker i guess i suppose you could do like bernardo silva to a six five mid we were just saying how we want all of the six five mids and then i'll have a mill in a bank and be pretty happy with my team i i can see that world i can't but, wait to hear your team your team is so different from one you last shared it i think but keep yeah going. it's totally different totally different um i just can't do it but am i i don't think it's like fundamentally wrong to have a mill in the bank or something like that if you're happy with your team and you have no holes and you have good guys like i i don't know why that would be diabolical by any means but I just can't help myself, I guess, is really my answer. How um, is it not? I mean, what's worse than Diabot? How is it not the absolute worst possible thing to do? I mean, if you have a 9 5 mid and you have 0.5 in the bank and you're just going to switch that guy to De Bruyne in two or three weeks, why? I don't, I have no problem with that. Because you could just save and just do the double switch, like take your five five defender and go to Lovren or whatever, but that's and then you have a good guy. To do like I'd rather save point five in the bank going to game week one than book a future transfer. I think like, but you're booking a future transfer. It's just you know, but, it's, it's, uh, no. But in your scenario, it's an extra transfer. That's a double switch versus mine is just one move, and I think. But it's also like the nine five guy you get. Like maybe he returns every fucking game, and he looks like the best thing of life. And you don't want to do that. Like so, then you don't do it. That's yeah, but fine. then but but then you're wasting your you're pissing your money away. Like you you could switch your five defender to a five five or a five five defender to a six. Like but then you just do it. Then like that's what I'm saying. I I just don't think flexibility is that bad or dumb. I mean, it's not like the best team. It uses all the budget. That's literally never the case. It's right, never right, happened right, in the history fine, of FPL. Fine, fine, but fine, fine, fine. yeah, I just can't. I can't do it in my head when I see like I have a five-five defender and point five in the bank. Then that five-five defender is getting fucking upgraded to a six million defender yeah. every single time. There's no thought. So yeah, okay. That's just what I do. Um, Wolfie, another new guy for me and other idiots who are considering not having Salah in FPL. Where would you stick the cash and how would you hedge Liverpool? Sanchez, which of Firmino and Mane? Um, 
Mm, I think if I didn't question. have Salah, the first two names of my team Aguero should be Kuhn and Aubameyang. Yeah, Aguero and Obbs for sure. That would be a hundred million around. percent. No question. I wouldn't go. I still don't think Alexis is better than you know a handful of nine fives. Wouldn't go there. I that, would have Mane. What? I think I would have Mane. Thousand percent Mane. I would. You know, Ericsson I still think is just fantastic. But I would have Ericsson, Mane, maybe like another nine five, and then a six five in midfield, and then go four four two, and then put it in defense. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, your cap, like your captains would be Kuhn and Obbs, and that's Kuhn that's fine. Yeah, that's fun. No, I mean that. This is the thing. This year is going to be interesting because to start off game week one, so many of the you know competitive managers are going to have Salah and be capping him, but. You know, the differential is going to be if Salah starts cold and has you know two goals in his first five. If you don't own him, you're you know top ten k easily. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. So yeah, yeah, we'll it see. is a very interesting thing. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Mayo on Slack. Are we overlook? Oh God, are we overlooking Bournemouth attack? Our King slash Fraser viable budget guys to slot in to accommodate for our City and Liverpool big hitters. No, I feel I need to take a shower after what I just said about King. I feel I'm like getting into a bad place right now. I don't know what I was saying. That was ridiculous. What the fuck was I saying? Bournemouth sucks. Bournemouth suck and King sucks. I hate him. On another pod I was listening to, they were comparing Fulham and Bournemouth, and I was like, Fulham's better. I was totally behind it. Fulham's attacking talent are they're better. It's ten times better than Fulham. It's not not close. They're just better. All of the players are better. Every single player in every single position on Fulham is better, and it's actual fucking Fulham. Mitrovic, Sessignon, Shurla starting three. No Bournemouth player even sniffs that starting three. No, I don't know. They were they, Bournemouth. They're fucking weird. I don't I know. I don't want to talk about that. Hate Bournemouth. Dude. They're How tenth are they in goals in the last division? season, twelfth in XG. Like it's just like everyone sucks. Eddie Howe's dick. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes they they play nice football. Sometimes they win four to three in some weird fucked up home match. But they're not like. Good. They scored three less goals than West Ham last season. They scored one more goal than Everton, one more goal than Watford. Like you know, you're not talking about those teams, you know. Where's the like fucking? All right, enough. Um, Max on Slack. What about Ben Davis, aka Davis? No wild card. Shout. Danny Rose is bad, or are Spurs just bad? No, like the Davis shout. I was actually yeah, I, like it. I was talking about something with Spurs like a few nights ago, like late night with Oz, Aussie crowd on on Slack about, about okay. Davis and shit. The thing that's annoying, obviously, they were talking about him maybe playing center back for the first couple of games because they don't that? have Pop anyone who's that. alive. But I don't who know. They, I was just reading shit about it. Like that's the okay, thing okay, that okay. they're talking about. But you know, Davis's ba- fucking attacking returns last season were. Absurd. I mean, he's he, as a as a defender, the numbers are just you know ten or whatever. He had ten combo or something like that. He's he's just great. And clearly, Pochettino is either a, a aggressive racist because he hates Danny Rose, or he just thinks <laughs> he doesn't do the work. I, I I genuinely don't know. I think I think Danny personally, Danny Rose three times a player of Davis. I don't think yeah, I, think I don't think better. it's close. I think he's so much better. Me too. But At least po- we're we're talking about Danny Rose from like. Two to three seasons ago. Yeah. Must I mean, be said. we don't watch the training sessions and we don't know what Poach like yeah. wants them to yes. do. But anyway, Davis is like decent pick. I think he's a decent pick. I, the the yeah. fixtures for Spurs are a little weird because obviously we know like a few of the players are missing, but a lot of their good fixtures are away. We know obviously getting f- cleans away is a little bit more challenging than at home. But he, he's 
he's good. I think he's defensible. I, I, I like I like him. If you want a diversifier, if you have like Liverpool attackers and you know you want one defender, I, I don't mind Davis at all. I, yeah, just, I think I he's. It. I've come around on him as well, and part of that also has to do with like there's a lot less options now in my head than there were on say like four weeks ago on our first preseason pod. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going anywhere near any Chelsea defenders. I'm not going anywhere near any Arsenal defenders. I'm not going mm-hmm. anywhere near any Everton defenders. And there's you know Liverpool has like two guys to pick from, and City has like two guys to pick from, and it, you know it just gets. The pool, the pot has has shrunk so much from where we were when we were first potting and just looking at the prices and stuff. And then, yeah, I mean, Davis is there. He didn't play the World Cup. Rose is out of favor. We're, we're, we have to assume that he's still out of favor, so Davis will start the majority of the games. His returns are absolutely absurd. I think he's definitely a good pick. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That said, I have three six million defenders in my team, and I don't have Davis. So, so do I, and so do I. Yeah. yeah. Who, who are your three six? Robbo, Van Dick, and Benny Men. I have Robbo, Mendy, and Smalling. Yeah. Maybe Davis over Smalling. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't even thought about that. Maybe. We'll see. Um, yeah. JB on Slack. Having a look at Obi Wan Bissaka's fixture run and the fact that he's nailed for at least the near future. Can it be argued that Wan Bissaka should be in strong consideration as a potential starter, even considering his price tag? I feel he's being portrayed as bench fodder because he's cheap. I like where your head's at, JB. I, 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 I agree. love that. Maybe I, favorite favorite question right there. Yeah, I totally no, I, agree. I agree completely. We do this, you know. We don't want to captain the player who's cheaper because they're cheaper, so they should be worse, kind of a thing. Um, yeah, I mean, Palace fixtures are great. I, I think personally, the the reason why that is is because everyone has either PVA, Sacco, or Tompkins, all of whom are way better picks than him to start. Actual start. They all have genuine. Bonus point or attacking return potential, whereas Juan, you know, easily the fourth out of four players in that conversation. But you know, if you're skimping, he can be viewed as a rotational cog for sure. I think definitely. Yep. Sneak sneak preview. I'm skimping. Oh, well, I'm skimping. Okay. okay. So you're skimping with you have three six M's and you're skimping on defense. Okay. We'll we'll get there. Three six and three six mafia. Okay. So Ross, this is Wolves Merchant, new new friend of the Slack. Ross, what the fuck do I do with Bai? Obviously, it's a good pick when fit, but he's just a crock. He can't be relied on. Is United D even worth it? Hashtag moo out. It just doesn't feel like a good time to be there. Um, feels really bad. Feels to be bad. On Bai right now. Everyone's knocked. I feel like you can easily go to Liverpool or City in that price bracket and then, you know, recheck game week four or five and see, okay, Ashley Young straight in, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of upside to start with a United defender given the price bracket, especially with Bayou being knocked. If Bayou was completely fit and, you know, he, he finished 90, then I'd be like, all right, like that's fine. There aren't a million five fives out there in the game that you want right now, but. There's like none. Yeah, there really are. Yeah, yeah. Um, No attacking intent, not nail, just feels bad. They're rumored to buy a center back before Thursday, which feels like it will come in. Doesn't seem good. And Phil Jones subbed on, which I didn't really expect, but he subbed on last preseason game. uh, Yeah, it feels fucking bad to go by. I don't know. Yeah, just rip him out of your team. That's what you do with him. Yeah, I agree. Lukey B, it's like, which teams do you think will over... 
overperform slash underperform versus their fixtures over the first few game weeks. Hearing a lot that Chelsea will be slow to adjust to sorry, manure will be poor because Moo's on suicide watch, etc. <laughs> um, good shot. Yeah, no, good shot. That's a tough question. Um, I mean, I'll start with Arsenal. I think they'll overperform. And we've we talked about this maybe two pods ago where you look at their fixture list and it starts with home city and at Chelsea and that's as red as you could possibly get. And, and I still, obviously I think city are the best team in the league. I still think that, but it's a heavily undermanned city and even more so Chelsea with a new manager and they'll be Chelsea. They'll be, yeah, they will win that game. And Courtois probably won't be there. And sorry system apparently takes a long time to learn. Like Napoli, Napoli started really slowly also. And Arsenal are just fit and firing and ready to go. They basically had, no one at the World Cup. Their attack is, I think, top three in the league. Not close. I think top three in the league, and they're they're just ready to fuck. I mean, I look at City and Chelsea, and I'm like, meh. And then it's United, Cardiff, and Newcastle, and I'm just I'm just jizzing over that. So that's an um, overperform for me. All right, I'll go underperform. Hate to go there, but I, I think Palace. I think we're going to struggle out of the gates. Really? Why? I am nervous. I'm just nervous. Uh, we always are you suck just at, being pessimistic or yeah, like yeah. why? No, for sure in the, in the darkness. I just okay. we always okay. struggle out of the gates. We have two out of our first three are away, where we've notoriously struggled over the the past couple of seasons, and they're they sh- I mean, where Fulham and Watford away should be easy six points for us based on the on paper, but we just we wilt we wilt away from home. I'm just ner- I'm nervous. I'm just nervous about it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I guess one other overperformer, and I'm not picking a specific team, but one of the promoted sides always gets off to an absolute flyer. It'll be one of them. They'll keep three consecutive clean sheets. They'll have, you know, fucking 20 points after 10 games, and then they'll get relegated. I mean, Cardiff at Bournemouth, home Newcastle at Huddersfield, you could tell me that they have nine points after three games. They have nine points. They're joint top of the table yeah. or something insane, and then they get relegated and are, are the worst team in the league yeah. after that, something yep. like that. Yep. Um, pass legend of Slack, what's the typical reaction you get when you try to explain this FML stuff you do? Interesting question. <laughs> But to just like <laughs> to any other human, yeah, just an average human being. When you say that you have a podcast that's about fantasy Premier League, I don't even. I mean, I don't like make new friends, so <laughs> it hasn't hasn't. Come all up. of our new friends are on Slack. Yeah, all, exactly. They they're they know about it. That's the only way I meet people. Um, no, it's kind of just like you, wait, what that sort of a thing, and then yeah. I have to like. Explain it and like talk about the definition. Yeah, I almost always have to explain what fantasy sports are and, you know, why or like where there's room to talk about it, you know? I just want to be like, oh, you know, it's like with Dave Cullen and like Ray, like, you know, right? Yeah, like like, fucking empaths, dude. Yeah, it's like empaths. And they're like, who? What? I'm like, oh, God, this is annoying. Yeah, this is more work than just logging on to Slack and never talking to people. I mean, honestly, I don't like tell people. I, I really don't bring it's it up. It's come up. It's come up with me a few times. Like usually, people are either like sort of impressed when I'm like, "Yeah, I have like a kind of popular like fantasy football podcast." People are like, "Oh, that's cool," or people are just like, "Wow, you're a way bigger nerd than I even thought you were." Those yeah. are usually like around the two reactions. Okay, and both are right. Um, <laughs> Baby B on Slack. Is there any reason not to have Triple City or Liverpool on your side? 
Yeah, no, I mean, no, there is not. There is no reason. The only reason I can think of is you were born in Manchester to a family of United fans. And you grew up a United fan. And or, you, or you were born in Liverpool to a family of blues. And yeah, and that that's a honestly a decent reason to not do it. I fucking wouldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going triple United next season if they like have a good manager and good players. <laughs> Get out of here. TJC on Slack. Oh, what? The sentence starts with oh. Oh, because he asked another question that I skipped. Pick one cheap fuck forward that you think might be all right, i.e. returns every two to three weeks. Um, I mean, I guess Reed's like the only option, the Cardiff dude that they got. so cheap. Well, Jimenez too, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure how nailed he is. They got some more. I mean, they're talking about maybe Jojo playing up top instead, but... I mean, if I read nailed, nailed to fuck, I mean, they, they actually bought someone, which is very strange for Cardiff, but... Five five. I don't not too convinced, but you know the, the caveat was cheap. Fuck. Am starting to feel a little bit more about a uh, little Abubakar Kamara on Fulham. I mean, he's my four or five in, but he's been by all accounts extremely good in preseason, and they want they were expecting from what I read in Fulham fan forms and shit to buy at the position of right wing. Kind of, he's reversed out of position to a degree, but that's Sherlock, right? Uh, Sherlock plays on the left, I think. Yeah, but Sessignon. So. Sessignon played left back last game. Yeah, I don't so, think that last, but yeah, no, I don't either. Point, but point taken. Kamara's good. Yeah, four or five. He's been scoring. He's looked good. He's been like near man of the match performances, and I mean, it's an Abubakar. Like if you're in Abubakar, then you're in a good, you're in a good place. So yeah, he you're, could you're be a potential rotational cog at the beginning of the season. Like you know, if he starts against Palace and scores, you could give him a little bit of rope. Yeah, I think definitely. It's not like Sherlock was like a huge like bank breaking transfer. I mean, it's a big transfer because it's Fulham and he's a big name, but I mean, he, he hasn't cost a lot. He hasn't scored more than like ten league goals in fucking yeah. like seven years. He's not. He's the weirdest player. I, I have don't know, no understand. idea. He might not be human. Like he just has the weird fucking skeleton shaped everything, and I don't. I don't know about him. There's very, something not up with him. Very distrustful. I like him though. Yeah. Um, I mean, other guys. Not many. I mean, like a five zero starting Palace forward might emerge. Like if Benteke is hurt or still as bad as he was last season, then like Sorloth or Wickham could be interesting. I've shouted Andone a few times on Brighton, but he's been hurt, so Murray will definitely start the season there, I think. But yeah, there's not that many like super cheap forwards. I mean, there's mm-hmm. Austin at six, which Ings. I guess we don't know if he's in a move yet. Yeah, right. If Ings goes to Palace, that's fucking awesome. That's great. Um, yeah, not yeah, a lot. Not, not that many, like six or cheaper guys. Like even Sturridge, we talked about like last pod. Like I don't know, Firmino started last game. Like he came back early. It might just be Firmino, you know? Oh yeah. No. I don't know. If, I don't know if Danny even gets a game. Yeah, no, Sturridge, no, no way. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting question. I like this question. This is from Not Santa on Slack. Given that Wambi Saka is nailed to start the season at least, is keeping someone like Lovren slash Ashley Young on the bench for a game week or two a more viable option than it perhaps might have been, allowing a focus on more important transfers or, if you're lucky enough, somehow manage to save a transfer? I like this question because we talked about, on on pretty much every preseason pod, we talked about the reverse of this, Got, like getting guys like Shaw and Martial and like hudson Adoy and shit who are just... Transfers are waiting to happen. When the World Cup guys come back, they're definitely not in the starting 11, etc. But we didn't really talk about guys who 
are frankly incredible picks. And in Lovren's case and like Trent's case, incredible value picks as well that can potentially be stashed for a few weeks, two or three weeks, and then let loose. Uh, what do you think about those guys? I like it. I mean, I think it's an interesting way to think and a way to approach the game because especially with a player like Lovren who's a center back, which obviously doesn't need that much training to get back up to fitness of what the position requires. I mean, and he's only five. I, I I think it's a defensible position to go in with, you know, Lovren and Juan. And the, the issue, main thing is there that Palace have a unstartable fixture game week two for the defender with Liverpool, which is very frustrating. I mean, if that came game week four, then it would feel more palatable, but yeah, that's true. But in general, I, I think it's it's a, a very real, it's an okay way to approach. I think it's a good idea if you can afford to do it. You might suffer like one price drop because casuals, I, you you'll have to see. But I think it's a good idea. You know, if, if there's a player like you know, Young is someone that you could have in your team for the entire season. Yes, and absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So if you feel like he might miss one game at most. You know, it's, it's, we're also exaggerating. You know, they're going to miss three games. Like they can miss one game, and it's like whatever the fuck. Like someone misses a game all the fucking time, a rotation or whatever. And yeah, we're just totally. like, oh fuck, that sucks. But like, because we're hyper focused on planning and all this shit before game week one, we're like, rip them out as an option, which you know is a little maybe short sighted. Um, I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like if you want to go. Young instead of you know Van Dyke because you really want that Man United nailed great option and you just start Juan game week one you know that's okay if you think Young will play game week two then you're you're in there with what you wanted to do so. yeah I think it's really interesting yeah I'm I'm very tempted by it like especially like we talked about like it's a lot of money and sort of hard to do to go triple City and triple Liverpool yeah no but, it is and, it is yeah and if one of your three is Lovren and you can stash him for two weeks like that's incredible yeah no yeah for sure I haven't played around with that actually me I, neither I, I'm, I might, I'm might. definitely going to yeah. great question right yeah. there um ammo on slack with the most recent info we have who's the soup du jour this preseason it's just a Jota for sure yeah it's got to be Jota yeah. Diogo I love it's Diogo, not Diego. Yeah, it's Diogo so, Jota. So much better. Great name. Um, Sobra, aka Oghash. I don't know why I changed his name. Um, Sterling, highest scoring Man City player last season, second highest scoring player in the game. If people think Salah can maintain, then surely Sterling has to be a must buy as soon as he's back in the team. Why the hate? It's just worse than Aguero. That's really all it is to me. I mean, it comes back to Salah and every team. If I wasn't going to have Salah, then he would be someone I would think about. But you can't have you know three, four, ten million plus players in your team, and it just doesn't work that way. We have a budget, so that's really it. I, I still think Sterling's yeah. a fantastic pick. I think he'll score goals and get assists. He always has, always will. But um, you know, he's bad on bonus points. He's, he's just he's got he's got enough against him, plus the competition for his spot. That makes him kind of you know fourth or fifth on the list. What do you think? Yeah, it's just hard to get there. I mean, there was that question earlier about like, what would you do with your money if you didn't have Salah? I would definitely have a long look at Sterling as like a guy to get in when he's back. Like, great example of a guy that probably every Salah team will not get because there's just we're too much between our forwards and Salah that we just can't get there. But. Yeah, I mean, he's he's incredible. He had fucking 18 goals, 17 assists. That's fucking ridiculous. Like, he's so good, and I fully expect him to be so good again. 
Yeah, and it's interesting. It would be one thing where starting with Alexis might be defensible if you are going to go without Salah because you would be getting him for a couple games out of position as striker, and then you could go to Sterling. And and we mentioned De Bruyne as well, but yeah, yeah. I think the placeholder strategy is not yeah, terrible. Pl- no, not terrible at all. We're go- we're going. It's that time of the pod where I mentioned that we're going long. Should we get into our teams, or do we have some more questions? There's we're done with Slack questions. We can maybe cap it there because it's just, it's been very long already. Yeah, um, I'm fine with that. Okay. Any anything else you specifically want to talk about, or do you want to just do our teams? No, I mean I think that was good. I, we didn't do a lot of like macro strategy formation questions, but we've been we've been hitting that. So I, I, think, I think we covered like most shit. Yeah, I feel I feel and, I'm and we'll be around all week. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. All right. So, what's your team? Or do you want um, me to start? Yeah, you start. You start. You start. Okay. As of right now, I'm in a three-four-three. The all familiar three-four-three. <laughs> You're back. The back back after all this time, I'm back on a three-four-three. Um, my eleven would be Allison, defenders Mendy, Rabo, and Smalling. Oh wait, sorry, I totally fucked it up. It's actually a four-three-three. I forgot. I didn't change it on the my team page. So the defenders would be Mendy, Rabo, Smalling. The fourth defender spot would be Juan Bisaka, Peltier, Peltier, <laughs> Peltier. I don't know. The four all on Cardiff. Basically, only starting him game week two and just treating Juan like he's Tompkins and just hopefully starting him every week. The three midfielders are Salah, Bernardo Silva, and Mkhitaryan. Really kind of risky, kind of bunty. Um, and the forwards would be Kuhn, Aubameyang, and Austin. So what's going on with McTarian? I thought we were off McKit. It's so, uh, it's so annoying with him because what I the sound that I keep hearing in my head is me and you both being like he's yeah. the best value pick in the game. <laughs> like he's straight in our team. Like he's seven million. It's ridiculous. But I don't know. I mean, I looked back at preseason and I was actually very encouraged I mean the last friendly Arsenal had was pretty much a full B team you know it was like Laka and Wobi and fucking other guys that aren't going to start and the preseason game before that was the, the Chelsea match and the front three was Mkhitaryan, Aubameyang and Ozil and that felt like okay these are probably our three strongest attackers that are going to be in there and I want two shares of Arsenal attack. Um, I had Obama and Ozil for a while. You and I even talked about it, how like it's a lot spending like almost 19 million on two Arsenal attackers. But I really don't think I'm even going overboard by saying like they're easily a top three attacking team. Like I don't think it's really that close. One thing that clouds our judgment, I think, a little bit on Arsenal is they're definitely not like a top three team. <laughs> Their you know their defense is garbage. Their midfield is questionable, but as soon as Aubameyang got there last year, they were incredibly elite attacking team for the rest of the season. And I don't, they didn't lose anyone. I totally expect them to be there again. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's punty. It's definitely punty. But I I like Mkhitaryan. I don't know. It, it feels too loose to me with two four million defenders. Your bench is already paper thin, and you're going to go in with a not nailed midfielder. 
Yeah, it's it's risky. Mm, okay. Based on preseason and stuff, I would say he's pretty nailed to start the season at but, least. But isn't he? Wasn't he still like swapping players in and out with subs and like fucking around with Laka and the kit, like whatever? Not really against PSG and Chelsea. Like he played the majority of the minutes and he started both. Yeah. Against Lazio, yeah, he subbed on and it was a clusterfuck. But that was like a you know like a million subs at halftime yeah. type of game. It's risky. Yeah, I mean, the value is clearly there. Seven million is very cheap for him. Very very cheap. But yeah, okay. No, it's it, there's a lot of pressure points. I mean, like one of the things I think I always go back to before I like really lock down my game week one team, which obviously like this is not definitely my team or anything like that it's only monday but i always think about my teams in terms of like how will this team fail because every team has like some weakness or some like pressure point where they're not sure and blah 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 and like mine is clearly i think less the 4-0 defenders and more just relying on bernardo silva and mkhitaryan as like nailed starters yeah and belva too i forgot you have belva yeah so like like that's what I was saying earlier, where it's like there's a world where I just go Bilva down to a six five, one of the guys we like a lot, which kind of feels bad because that takes me away from double city attack, which is something I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but that makes me a lot safer and those pressure points a lot safer, and I can spread that million around a little more and and just be safer everywhere. And like Peltier up to a four five, who's nailed, and it it just makes everything a little better. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something I'm definitely thinking about. But I'm pretty happy. I mean, I was all over the fucking place with Tinkers. I mean, you saw the mad shit that I was pulling out of my ass was just all over the place. And really what I ended up doing this morning was like, okay, I'm just going to wipe everything, go triple City, triple Liverpool, double Arsenal attack, and see where I can go from there. Uh And that's kind of what I made. And yeah. was like, okay, yeah, I'm reasonably happy with this, and I can make little changes now. Yeah, I mean, I like like taking those three points and building your team around that. That's where you see the most value, or, or where the right. points are in a flow. That, that makes sense. But yeah, so it's easy for me to go like Allison to Ederson, Smalling to Van Dyke, and lower Bernardo Silva to a six five, and I have point five left over. And you know that yeah. it's like those type of moves where it's like, okay, I'm keeping my general. The idea, overarching idea for my team structure together, and I'm I'm like lessening the the risk. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. So what about you, you? Do you like the four three three, or, you, or is that what you're playing with right now, or are you still figuring it out? I mean, I I'd be foolish to say that I'm like definitely in a four three three, or definitely in three four three, or something like that. I really don't know. Yeah. It's been changing so rapidly, but. 433 has felt pretty good for a while. And, and on the note of Chaz, I should bring up like why I'm there, aside from like all the reasons earlier I was saying I really like him. But like what ended up happening is I just I compare him to six million midfielders, and I just like Chaz so much more. Yeah. So much more. But then it's and, like you're point five away from the six five midfielders, which are like that's close. That's yeah, that's great a great zone to be in and I might go there in the end. But this I, I have no money in the bank with this current tinker, so it wasn't an option. Yeah. But maybe I will go there. Yeah. I, yeah. I could see myself going there, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. 
I, I, and like Aubameyang and, and I mean Kuna, I feel like I don't even need to explain. Like his ownership is skyrocketing after the Community Shield, but Aubameyang. I, just, I mean, I said I said what I said about Arsenal. I mean, like he came in the league, everyone knew he was a good player. People weren't sure like how good the competition was in Bundesliga and. If Dortmund were creating all, you know, like there, there are questions. Whenever a guy changes league, new team, there are always questions. And he came in and just absolutely terrorized everyone and just passed with flying colors as one of the best attackers in the league. And all the stats and underlying stats and all that shit is totally in line with what he's done for four or five years now. And it's just like, He's just so good. Like, I just, I, I was just thinking about Arsenal and all that shit, and I was just like, give me, I want Aubameyang. Like, I want one of the best players in the league right there. Yeah, I mean, that's been a big shift, I think, the last couple of weeks. You're just hell-bent on getting Obs and Kuhn. You've been I'm just playing, so excited about him. Yeah, yeah. You, you've been playing around with that. I, I, I From a team structure standpoint, I, I don't think that, personally, I've even thought about doing that with Salah yeah. in, but I see where you're coming from, for sure. Yeah. Um... Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. So okay. I don't know. I I I do want a six five guy like we talked about. Like I feel a little bit naked without like a Richarlison or Jota in my team or something yeah. like that. But but we'll see what happens. What about you? So I'm on a four four two. I've like don't think I've made a change in my team in four or five days. Four days. Wow. Three, three days a while. I, I feel Holy pretty se- yeah. I feel pretty settled honestly. I've. I was like doing a lot of wild tinkering a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and changing everything. Putting different things in, seeing how it fit. But over the past like week, ten days, I've been very stable in what I'm looking at. But uh, yeah, four four two. I have Ederson at the back. Uh, I've got Robbo, Van Dyke, Mendy, and PVA in defense. Uh, my midfield four right now. I have Eriksson, Salah, Ozil, and Helder. And then I have Kuhn and, and Arnie up top. Um, and then I have Kamara and Juan as my and Masuaku as my bench. So. Main thing is is Costa. I mean, he's on some indirect set pieces. I'm seeing they're signing Adama Traore. He's a little bit questionable for his starting spot. He's definitely not nailed, but he definitely has the ability to nail himself. And he's very skillful, very tricky. He's got a lot a lot about him. Um, he's on again. Mentioned he got an assist on the corner on indirect set pieces. Some. And you know, he's very highly rated. Two seasons ago, he was outstanding for Wolves, and last season he was like I think injured in and out, a little bit of a lost season for him. But honestly, what I'm looking at is I have a base of nine outfield players along with Ederson who are absolute rocks, and I'm only punting on my eleventh spot. And I have somewhat of a three-way rotation between Wambasaka, Costa, and Kamara. Where I could, I feel like I'll be okay to figure out one of them for the first few weeks. Um, I've been here before. I've backed myself into a corner like this before, where I've put myself in with, uh, you know, relying on a very budget fourth midfielder, and I, I don't really have much to to fall back on. But you know, there's still like Will Hughes. Yeah, there's there's still some five million midfielders. Kearney. Yeah, Kearney's there, and I might go to Kearney. I mean, I might read some shit about Fulham and be like, I'm just going with the safer option, but. I feel like for as good as the rest of my team is, it's worth it. The only other thing I was playing with was, you know, downgrading Ozil and, and trying to get like two mid-price guys for Ozil and Costa's spot. And I didn't feel in the end that the difference between Costa and like the six five guys was so great 
that I wanted to remove Otsul, who I think is such a sure thing. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I, I feel really, really stable here. I, I don't know what much, what, what more I'll change. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll have more transfers by Thursday, but overall, I, I really like the four-four-two formation. I really like having double city, double pull defense. You know, I have Salah in, I have Kuhn in. I mean, Erickson and Ozil will be great. Arnie will be great. I mean, I have a lot of really good long-term picks, and I, I think my team's great. I like it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're talking about pressure points, weak points. You, you definitely nailed yours. I think, yeah, I think having Juan Basaka as a real guy on a pretty good team is huge for like your structure and how you're doing things and having him like backup costs and stuff like that. But it is definitely worrying. I mean, like he's not nailed. I mean, he's he's he should be nailed though. I mean, like right, like who who takes his spot? I mean, he starts when he doesn't start. I mean, that's a, like if Triori comes in, they, they have Jimenez and, and they have Bonatini or whatever, that other guy who's been bad preseason. Yeah. But no, I, that's the thing is why I'm saying is I, I feel like they want him to be nailed. Like he's, I mean, he started the last, he started every game. Of, yeah. No, all I, three of the last four preseason games my, and played huge minutes in all of them yeah, and no, returned. He, he's a stud. I mean, if I've watched him play a fair amount, he's an absolute stud, but. It's the kind of thing where I could see, you know, Jota, and then you know they need someone down the middle. They have more options on the left. Like, if he had a couple of bad games, I don't know if they wouldn't like think about removing him for a game or two, kind of a thing. But yeah, yeah, right. That's, like that's, he's on the fringe on a squad level more than like in when you're talking about the strongest eleven. Yeah, you know? I, I yeah. think they they want him to flourish this season. He's a very very good player, and he could come into his own. And I'm just, I feel like at 5 million, like that's a good punt. And I, I, I've yeah, really. Yeah, that's a good place to have like your one punt is like an 11th attack or 11th player. Yeah, the 11th and player. And player. The other thinking is, you know, Juan Bissaka, like you mentioned, for the first, you know, two months, it's a good, it's just like a good backup because in a pinch or if Helder gets dropped or if I'm like, fuck, I really need a save to double switch and fix this problem, you know, I have someone I could put in there and not be. Unless if it's gaming two, I, I'm not be like this is going to be a one pointer. So yeah, no, I mean yeah, Palace's fixtures through game week nine, except for game week two, are fantastic. Yeah. So. And then I mean, I mentioned Kamara earlier. I might even start Kamara over Costa game week one. I don't know. I have to think about it. Yeah, he's been I great. Like Fulham as an attack, Kamara, yeah, and he's been so good. He's been yeah. great in preseason. I mean, he's been great. If they don't buy competition, I mean, he could play. Few games and you know, be, I, he's, yeah, I think they bought the competition in Sherla, but it it'd be a little crazy if Sherla was just straight in. I mean, he started the preseason games, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, I, I like your team. I like where your head's at. I like the punch you're taking. I like the direction. Yeah, I feel good about your team. It's very safe. I mean, it's very, it's very, very safe, safe, which is a good place to start. You know, that's the thing that we always fall in these pitfalls of going with just like. Two six point five guys and like all this shit and it's just it's better to be safe and then and then jump on bandwagons and see guys you like and all that stuff, which is like part of the reason why like neither of us have six five guys, even though we love all of them. And it's like I have Mkhitaryan and Bernardo Silva, those are both kind of punty. I can downgrade to one of a thousand different guys yeah. from either of them. Mm-hmm. Mkhitaryan seven, Bernardo Silva seven five. There's so many guys underneath that price yeah. where I can go, and th- that's part of the reason why I feel good about them. <sighs> so I mean, we'll do Lambs on what Thursday? Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, Friday match. 
deadline um, transfer deadline day. We'll just are there going to be are there going to be like pressers on Friday morning from all teams? Aren't there games on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, should be should be pressers on Thursday, Friday, like normal. Yeah, if there's Friday game is not normal. Is why is, I is, asked. Will, so. will United lesser presser be on Wednesday? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. It doesn't matter. We'll find out. Lineup lambs, lineup lamentations, either Thursday night or Friday morning. Yeah. Might be Friday morning. Okay. Um, other than that, wow. Yeah, let's wrap. That was, that was quite a fucking pod. I need to slap a bunch of asses. We got on that, another like nice group of new Patreon signups. Again, we're flying with new signups lately. Love slapping, and I love to slap all of your asses. So here we go. We got Johnson, Alaiwala. We got Alistair Wolf with two O's. Wolf. We got Ross Watson, Wolves Insider, Banter Legend. Everard Koch, who put in parentheses that his real name is Everard. Yes, I believe you didn't make up the name Everard. I don't understand. Dylan Weening, a.k.a. Dylan Weenie. Gayer Duta, Guy Palaitis, Barry Bummel, Jack Gaynor, a.k.a. Jack Strader, Cameron, yeah, yeah, bro. Rob Gray, Randy Borland, Tao, no last name, baller, all caps, merchant, Josh Reuter, Zan Karoski, Philip Bazin, 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 and Andrew Porch. Slap all thine asses. Thanks for signing up. Patreon.com slash Ramon Any last words? Uh, good job by you. Check us out at FMLPL.com. Follow us on Twitter at FMLPL. Support us at Patreon.com slash FMLPL. Cheers!